Hey, Producer Cast family, welcome to episode 162 of Producer Cast, where we turn producers into pros. I'm your host, Andrew, and today we're going to be talking about the Rome Convention. This is a very interesting aspect of international music copyright that makes a huge difference in how many uh, royalties you can get in an international setting, and we're going to dive deep into what the Rome Convention is and how to maximize your royalty earnings with the Rome Convention. So this is actually a really interesting aspect of international copyright law that I was totally unaware of until just recently, and it it makes a huge difference really when you think about the possibility of having radio airplay around the world, right? So the Rome Convention, I I believe in, I, I don't know the year, but basically the Rome Convention was a international meeting of countries, uh, you know, European countries, Australia, Japan, and uh, they basically all came together and agreed to share, or not share, but like basically distribute uh, songwriting royalties for um, performances on the radio between all these different countries, right? So like, you know, if you're an artist from Japan and you have a song that gets tons of radio airplay in France, you're going to get the, you and your label will get the royalties from that performance on the radio in France. Now, uh, for 80% of the listeners of this podcast, which are located in the United States, the bad news is that the United States refused to sign the Rome Convention. So uh, we do not get those royalties from other countries. Some countries still uh, send them. I think, I think the biggest one is Germany will still distribute to U.S. artists. So the radio airplay still delivers those performance royalties to songwriters. Now, they, they will still pay you for the masters in all these countries because that is um, not the same format of compulsory license. And, and basically the reason that the U.S. didn't sign this is, is really, um, and I might make a few enemies saying this, but really because of the radio lobby lobbyists, so like the lobbyists for the radio, um, basically said like, you know, we don't want to pay the royalties to them. So it's kind of like, since they're not going to send those extra royalties to us, we're not going to send those extra royalties to them. But the problem is, is that that really doesn't benefit anybody except the radio stations in the United States. Like, you know, the artists are losing out because of it and the record labels are losing out because of it. Um, So, you know, like there is a winner in it all, but ultimately we as the music makers are the losers. In, in that situation. Now, thankfully, it's it's a pretty minor uh, amount of money in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, if you look at even like what does go to sound exchange, which isn't just these kind of royalties, so, like it's even a fraction of this in the international context. But what, what goes to sound exchange right now, I believe is still under a billion dollars, right? So between the whole music industry, like what, what's actually distributed from radio performances is still under a billion dollars, like compared to digital streaming, which is in the multi-billions and, uh, Basically, it, you know, it's it's still a, a smaller piece of the pie, but it is still a piece of the pie. Um, and, and when you think about like you know like radio airplay in other countries, um, you know, it it's not such a big piece of the pie, really. But there is a way around it, right? And really, I have a theory, which is why I, I think some of the biggest artists of the past two decades, or at least the past decade, have come from Canada. 
um, and, which is like, you know, a country with a lower population. You wouldn't expect it to like really produce some of the biggest powerhouses in the music industry. Uh, namely, I'm thinking Drake, Justin Bieber, and The Weeknd all are from Canada. And one reason why I think that one, like, you know, great artists are able to make a, a very strong living as Canadian citizens, as well as why the record industry latches on specifically to Canadian artists is because one, they're a close neighbor to the United States, and two, Canada is a part of the Rome Convention. So that means that when a song is recorded in Canada, it has nothing to do with citizenship, actually. Like, you know, if you're an artist from Atlanta, you can fly up to Toronto, record a song in Toronto, and because the song was recorded in Toronto, you'll get those Rome Convention royalties. But if you record it in Atlanta, you're, you're kind of not going to get those, those extra royalties, right? And, and again, it's not like a huge piece of the pie. It's not something to like get up in arms about, but it, it is um, one of those situations where the law just isn't necessarily in the favor of uh, the, the musicians in the United States, right? Like there, there's times where, where uh, you know, we have to admit that the, the government has done a good job of creating laws that benefit uh, musicians, but th this is just not one of them. The refusal to sign the Rome Convention honestly probably didn't even have that much to do with the music industry because like the Rome Convention is really more sweeping than the, just the music industry. So like while it has these negative consequences to not be a part of it, for uh, American musicians, unless you're like a radio station owner and you're trying to save a few bucks by not paying international artists the full amount, then um, basically the, the Rome Convention like a, is really more sweeping than just uh, copyright for music. It's, it's copyright in general. So like, you know, I, I can really only speak for the music industry piece of it, in, in which case there are clearly negative consequences. And the good news is, is that basically once you start to get to that level, like, you know, I think um, most most artists, you know, there, there's 10 million artists on Spotify. Most artists wouldn't be looking at any serious piece of the pie anyways for that unless they're an artist with major international appeal like Drake or um, or The Weeknd that are going to get like songs played all over the world. Then like that starts to become a more sizable piece of the pie. But in Atlanta and California, there are definitely artists that are getting that same kind of international appeal and might not even be aware of the Rome Convention. And it's definitely like a, a, a bit of money that's being lost. But, you know, you could fly out to Japan, you could fly out to Canada, record there. And now you're actually getting the biggest bang for your buck in terms of international radio airplay. So like if you're making um, like foreign language music, right? Like if you're making, I, I'm actually not really sure how much uh, Latin America is signed into the Rome Convention. But if you're making music that is like basically going to have that that kind of international appeal, like maybe, um, you know, like I think of like you know Drake or The Weeknd using a lot of like European electronica type sounds in their music, like they know they're going to get a lot of European airplay, so it makes sense to record it in a country that follows the Rome Conventions. And what's cool too is like, it doesn't even have to be the whole song was recorded in a, uh, in a country that follows the Rome Convention. Like, you know, you could get a beat from a producer in Atlanta, fly up to Toronto, record your album in Toronto, and now you're able to get that foreign airplay money. Um, and, and the whole process for actually collecting that 
is kind of complex. Like I wouldn't be worried about this unless you're getting millions of streams a year. Um, it, it's just not going to be a big enough piece of the pie. And it's definitely not a piece of the pie unless you're actually getting played on the radio in these other countries. Uh, so, it, you know, it, it's just an interesting piece of, of music law that uh, I really found fascinating to learn about. Like it, it's kind of like you always think about like, you know, the U.S. like um, kind of grandstanding, not to get political, but like, you know, in any sort of these international summits or meetings or conventions. And this is just a, a scenario where it's affected the music industry. And also it's good to be aware of the workaround, right? Because like, you know, if you get um, asked to work on a project with an artist in Canada, like there's actually benefit to that, to going and working on it in Canada versus working on it in the U.S. Or if you're working on a major project, it makes sense to go and record it in another country because you're maximizing the royalties by doing that. Uh, really just an interesting concept. Copyright law is super complex. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I, I probably made mistakes in what I said in this episode that I'm conveying the information to the best of my capability to convey it. And uh, I really just encourage you to basically just always dive deeper into the copyright law. Like there's so many different types of royalties in this industry. There's so many different um, ways to actually create money. Like really the, the passive income game in music is just as much about knowing where to collect your money as it is about creating the music that's actually going to generate the money, right? Like you go and sign up for, if, if you had music uh, played on the radio, then go to Sound Exchange. There's probably money for you at Sound Exchange. If you're not signed up for BMI or ASCAP, you need to sign up for BMI or ASCAP like right now. That is a huge piece of the pie. That is all your songwriting royalties. Like I, I have people coming to me and complaining about songwriter credits, and like nobody on the project is, is registered with a performing rights organization. If you're not registered with a performing rights organization, then like you really have no recourse to complain about songwriting. So go do that. Uh, Look into Sound Exchange. Look into sound, uh, um, Song Trust and uh, learn about Nielsen uh, SoundScan. And um, basically, you know, all these different pieces really come together to show you where the money is being made and where to tap into it. And uh, understanding like international airplay is just a piece of that, right? So all of this really comes together to help you maximize your earnings as a musician, because if you don't go and collect it, they're not going to pay it, right? Like they're really not all that interested in tracking you down. You have to go track them down. So get on it, uh, help, help your artist, you know, help the artists that you're working with to understand like where they can go to collect money, because it's not always obvious. Like this isn't information that's necessarily so well known unless you're somebody who studies it or if you're like plugged in with a lawyer or business manager who really has your best interests at heart and like you know not everybody is aware of this in fact i'd say most people in this industry aren't aware of it so help make other people aware because really at the end of the day like when the the artists are getting paid when the producers are getting paid when the labels are getting paid everyone wins more anyways god bless i'll hear you next time